Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, July 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're on the road at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and at Big 12 Media Days. This event didn't occur last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, so it was great seeing coaches, players, and administrators and talking football again. Actually, a lot of the conversation today involved the pandemic, looking back at last year and wondering how the latest spike in cases due to the Delta variant could impact this season. Kansas State beat writer Kellis Robinette joined me to discuss that topic and Wildcats football on today's show. After a break, you'll hear from K-State coach Chris Kleiman and Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby on a variety of topics. So let's get started with Kellis. Hi, Kellis. We're, we're sitting on the, what yard line are we on? Can you tell? Oh, boy. Uh, it's right there. <laughs> 35. 30, how about that? We're sitting on the 35-yard line at AT&T Stadium uh, in Arlington, Texas, where we're underneath the giant jumbo board. Yes, board. right. It's, uh, it's, it's an incredible building, but what, what's more incredible is they actually are holding Big 12 Media Days this year. Did not happen in 2020 because of the pandemic, and but here we are talking to Big 12 football coaches and athletes. And today was Kansas State Day, so we've gotten to talk with Chris Klein, and I saw you hanging out in the back, hanging with uh, uh, McPherson, and Skylar Thompson is back there now, so we're going to talk to them a little bit later. But uh, first of all, it's got to feel good to be back. It is. You never know how much you uh, miss an event like this until – it's actually here. You get to talk to find people like yourself face to face, shake some hands if you want to. And um, I've been taken back by uh, even the coaches' comments. I kind of assumed they hated these things, but they're all coming up here today with smiles on their faces, saying hi to the reporters, talking to us like uh, they genuinely are happy to see us again. So yeah, that's so it's me, a nice setting. Threw me for a loop too to hear some of that. Boy, yeah, great to see you guys. I really <laughs> missed this last year. I, I think what football coaches like is routine, and this was taken out of their routine last year. So much was taken away from them in terms of routine because of the pandemic, and that's been a kind of a common theme through the first day of Big 12 Media Days. Bob Bolsby, the commissioner who led off the press conference, spent a lot of time speaking about COVID protocols and, um, and, and, and even though he doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to have the conversations with athletic directors, he's had to have them uh, talking about testing and, and, and other, other protocols. It's like, we want to all feel normal and be normal about this, but it's just maybe the it's the the Delta very uh, variant that has prevented us from feeling that way. Did you did you pick up on that vibe here today? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, there's definitely a little bit of you know underwriting fear, I think, to all this just because of the recent surge in some places of the country that boy, uh, maybe there still will be some disruptions this season, and we saw it with North Carolina State at the college world series um you take it for granted uh but you know COVID is still around and it can ruin a, a team's game ruin a team season and i really think that makes um you know the subject of vaccinations very prevalent right now and i think uh chris Kleiman said kansas state's football roster is at 80 percent vaccination right now which probably is on the high side um, of all these teams for some reason there are players out there who just are very against getting vaccinated. You can't force them to do it. It's a player's choice. It's everybody's choice. Um, but I, I really think that that's going to be a talking point all season because it's really 
the ultimate, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you, you're really kind of submarining your old team, your whole team here, if you're not willing to get vaccinated, because if you are vaccinated, even if you don't want to do it, 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 it removes you from testing protocol. It removes you from close contact protocol. If you're vaccinated, it is very, very unlikely. The only thing that's going to prevent you from playing in a game is visibly, is being visibly ill, showing symptoms of having COVID, and then testing positive for COVID. None of which people are going to be even looking for or wanting to uncover unless they have to be testing this. So it's kind of the ultimate disadvantage. If you're a player out there who's unwilling to get vaccinated, you're, like Bob Bowlesby said, you're rolling the dice giving yourself the opportunity not to play you're possibly hurting your team and it'll be interesting to see this season that if there is a team out there that has 100 percent vaccination rates do they win more games than teams that have say 60 it's funny you bring that up because matt campbell the iowa state coach was on stage and every coach is asked in some way about vaccinations and he said that look managing a football program with 130 or so players another 100 you know personnel, team personnel, uh, people that it makes it difficult, right? Cause you've got, you've got that many people who have to decide whether to be vaccinated or not. They also said, you know, his, his team last year, which finished second in the big 12 and played in the big 12 championship game for the first time, and then went to the Fiesta bowl and beat Oregon in the Fiesta bowl. Essentially, although he didn't use these words, I'll use them because I think this is what he meant. Did a great job policing itself. That team uh, had a lot of senior leadership and the locker room was strong. And I interpreted that as him you know, meaning basically, you know, we're not going to be um, we're all going to be on the, as much as we can be on the same page when it comes to this. And when you think about what Iowa State did last year, they didn't have disruption in, in their season. Right there. They didn't lose a game. They, you know, uh, so I, I just looked at looked at that as an example of a team that, you know, the locker room took care of business. And I think that ha that's really is how it's going to have to be with these teams. It's how it is with these, with the major league and uh, professional teams as well. Pressure needs to come from the, from within the team and the players. And I just remember Chris Kleiman on the stage also talking about how difficult it was last year before the vaccine. And, you know, here you are at practice and a kid getting pulled off the practice field and then four teammates who worried about themselves because they might have had dinner with him the night before or a kid who couldn't get on the bus to go to the airport to, you know, to, to get on the plane to go on an away game. How, you know, that's a type of thing that no team wants to have and no team wants to be concerned about. And I asked Bowlesby a little bit later and you actually you'll hear this later in the podcast. Um what his personal feelings about vaccinations are. And he just kind of shook his head and said, look, get vaccinated, just get vaccinated. Just, just take this out of the equation, take the doubt out of the equation and just get vaccinated. So that's, that's a big, it, this will continue to be a big topic uh, during media day on, on Thursday, when we wrap up, Kansas will be among the teams we talk to on Thursday. The other conferences get underway next week, including Missouri and the SEC. So, um, Let's let's switch topics, Kels. What what uh, what gets learned uh, at at this event when you're uh, you know regarding the team that you cover, Kansas State? Uh, you, there's probably no big secrets on there. There never is at a media day, but you do get to talk with the coaches and some players. And anything that you heard today kind of surprise you or that you didn't know going in? Um, there are a few things. Uh, nothing earth shattering. Um, we haven't seen Kansas State football players do much of anything since spring ball. 
And honestly, Coach Kleiman hasn't either. Uh, he's been around him a little bit, but it's not, he's not out there coaching them, not out there practicing with them. Uh, the players have been working out with each other, so that's where the most information could come in right now. I guess the things that stood out most in my mind are um, one of the biggest weaknesses on this team would appear to be wide receiver, where last season they didn't have a single guy in that room even hit 300 yards all season receiver. Their two leading receivers were their tight end and their running back. Those are the two guys they went to every time they needed a big play. Like what? I mean, they, they had so little confidence in their receivers. It's almost like they were just out there as extra blockers. Um, and I, I still think that that's a big question mark heading into this season. But these guys are much more optimistic. And and I'm actually willing to buy into it a little bit, hearing it from Skylar Thompson, who's the guy who's throwing to these guys in practice, and Jerron McPherson, who's out here covering these guys in practice. And they're very high on Malik Knowles, um, who when he's been healthy has been an above-average Big 12 receiver. They think that he can actually stay healthy this season and contribute over a full 12, maybe even 13 games if they make a bowl, which would be a really huge boon for this team because if they actually had a go-to receiver out there on top of some pretty decent tight ends and do swan, then all of a sudden that adds a new element to the offense. They can stretch the field, and teams can't just load up, load up in the box and stop them like they did in the second half last season. And obviously having Skylar Thompson back instead of Will Howard as a true freshman is a big upgrade quarterback too. But not only did they mention Malik Knowles as a potential difference maker, um, I found out Landry Weber, who, although he's not you know, a game-breaker, very dependable player, very good blocker, you can always depend on being open in the slot, um, had a weird, very weird situation last year where he, he uh, played through, I believe it was a torn labrum. And uh, when he went in to go get it fixed, they found out that both of his labrums were actually torn. Wow. So they had to have surgery on both labrums in the offseason. And he's just now got been back to a point where he's been fully cleared. Um, not quite there with Sebastian Taylor, who suffered a torn ACL late in the season. But he's getting back. They're saying he should be at full speed in August. And on top of that, Cade Warner, a transfer from Nebraska, Kurt Warner's son, and Tyrone Howell, a JUCO transfer from Hutch that they just added. They think both could really come in and help them. And if any of those things are remotely true, you take what was the worst receiving core in the Big 12, and if you could even get them up to mediocre, to middle of the pack, to even like seventh, (laughs) it's a whole different thing for this offense. So I think that's really big. And also on the other side of the ball, Chris Chris Kleiman just won't won't stop talking about Timmy Horn, a defensive tackle transfer from Charlotte, Julius Brents, a defensive back transfer from Iowa, um, and he said T.J. Smith, who was a very hard-hitting safety, is back full speed, healthy now. So those are all very good developments for Kansas State. All right, before we uh, let you go, Kellis, uh, basketball development, a little bit of an unexpected transfer in the news here. It was. Uh, Montavious Murphy, um, who was set to be a junior, a redshirt sophomore, whatever you want to call him with COVID eligibility. <laughs> um, yeah, he decided, um, kind of an unusual time to announce that you're going to transfer this late in the game, but he decided he's uh, going to start his career elsewhere. And I think fr- from what I understand about the situation, it's not a deal like where he was unhappy or the coaches weren't happy with him. Not really the traditional reason he would transfer. It's just that he, he's been hobbled um, by, by leg injuries, knee injuries. He only played 19 games as a freshman. He only played four games last year before getting surgery. And it, it's just been a real puzzle with him and the coaches and the doctors trying to figure out a way to get him back to full strength and what we saw early on when he's a freshman because – even though he didn't put up sensational numbers as a freshman, I think I believe it was about five points, four rebounds. Solid, knew what he was doing, very smart player. 
um, helped help the team whenever he was in. They were really hoping that they could get him back to full strength and he could get back to that point before he was as a freshman and maybe even build on it moving forward. If that's the case, he's probably the backup power forward next season, maybe in an absolute perfect world pushing for starter minutes. But just for whatever reason, um, I, I just think he's still hobbled, still trying to work his way back, not clicking for him right now. And they went out in the offseason and added Ishmael Masood, uh, a guy who averaged 10 points a game at Wake Forest. And they're very, very happy with him. And I think just all those things considered, they brought in a guy who looks you know, like he's going to be the starter at his position. He doesn't know when he's going to be healthy. He's got other guys he's trying to deal with. Minutes are going to come be hard to come by at that spot next season, especially when you remember that they like to go small with four guards at times. I think he just looked at it and said, you know what, maybe I'll have a better opportunity elsewhere. And, I mean, more power to him. He's a really good kid. I, I certainly hope he can get healthy and make an impact somewhere. One of the great names in college basketball, Montavious Murphy. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you will hear from Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman and then from Big 12 Commissioner Bob, Bob Bowlesby. A lot of topics, uh, name, image, and likeness, college football playoff, uh, a bunch of topics. But, Kellis, great catching up with you. We'll do it again soon. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I think it's the next step for Skylar Thompson as a super senior quarterback. Well, I think... uh cerebrally more than anything because he was able to sit and listen to Coach Mess for an entire season and process a game plan and process in-game adjustments uh, and his physical tools are back I mean, I've seen it firsthand so it's just more he learned uh, about the game planning and about defensive defensive adjustments and things I'm excited for I think I've heard you say this offseason you think he's potentially an NFL guy what, yeah. what, why, do you, why do you say that? What do you think? One is, is arm talent because uh, he does have elite arm talent. He's he's a good enough athlete. They don't ask him to, to run like Lamar Jackson anyway. And, and the fact that uh, he's played a lot of football. And the more football you've played, the more experiences you have, that's what they're lacking right now at some of the uh, NFL school or NFL teams is, is finding those kids that, that have played multiple snaps in multiple games. And his experience factor will give him an opportunity. He, and he'll have a good year this year. How much do you envision Will Howard playing? Because you mentioned him in the same context yeah. as Kyle. We've got to get him ready to play if he's like he's the starter. We you know we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but if somebody said that last year, we'd have said, no, 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 we're just going to focus on Skyler. And then boom, you know, everybody has to be ready to play. And uh, uh, whether it's COVID and to those two guys, it was an injury. And so I Will grew so much as a football player this spring, watching him lift through the winter and then in the spring and in the summer of just transforming his body. Uh, and has, I knew we talked every after every game, even when he had some tough times, that this was going to make him better than it has. Coach, you kind of talked a little bit about how Deuce is an underrated running back. Having that offensive line the full year under their belt, the full offseason, does that benefit him, especially as a runner in the trenches? Yeah, I think it really does. Uh, and you could tell that in the spring because he took the lion's share of the reps with the, with the first group with all those offensive linemen back. And uh, you could just tell how much more comfortable he was 
and how much more comfortable those offensive linemen were with him. Uh, but, uh, no, I think he is not underrated. People think he's just a great receiver. He's a dynamite tailback. Just put him in the eye formation and give him the football. He made some great runs for four and five yards last year. Uh, that uh, uh, He's just stronger this year. He's heavier and he's stronger. So how, how have you guys handled the idea of the vaccination? You, you can't mandate it. Nope. The, the school's not going to, no. you know, it's not a small private school. So, yeah. how have you guys done? You know, I think we've done really well. I asked uh, Matt Thomason this the other day, and I think we're uh, just under 80% um, of our team vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So, I'm excited about that. I don't know, just like you guys don't know, what are the protocols going to be come August? Uh, are they going to be mandated by the university or by the Big 12 or NCAA? What's going to happen? But, uh, uh, I know that uh, we've we've pushed it, and a lot of kids have, have been vaccinated. Now we'll see what happens as we get into the fall. Maybe backing off of that, um, is there any protocols that you implemented due to COVID that you're going to keep this upcoming season? Um, I wouldn't have probably put any true protocols in there, whatever our, our department would have done. But uh, that's what we just got to wait for in August and see. You know, right now we have pretty pretty much normal activities going on veneer normal activities in our food service uh, as, as well as in the weight room. So I'm hoping that stays the same. Coach, they are talking about the experience of the college football playoff. For you, just as a more small school coach, even though it was FCS, for the ability for smaller programs, non-Power 5 programs, to be able to have their opportunity, do you think that's a benefit for the college football program? Well, I think they, it was good that they put it to 12, without question. Uh, give more teams an opportunity to, to compete for a national championship. I was a part of it for... Uh, for seven, eight years, and we were fortunate enough to win seven national championships doing it. And uh, just the buildup of each of those games, uh, playing 15, 16 games, uh, is difficult. No question that's difficult on, on the student athlete, but play for a championship and, and have the fact that, man, we had to go through a gauntlet of four or five games is pretty cool. Back to Skyler. He's been awesome the last two years against Oklahoma specifically. Is that something you've seen during the week of practice in his preparation, or is it just a big stage he shows out for you guys? Uh, yeah, let's hope it's a big stage. I haven't noticed. He goes about his business every, the same every week, no matter who we're playing. Uh, and he maybe just rises to the occasion. Maybe some of the other things, you know, factor into that with, with Deuce making a play or us creating a turnover or blocking a punt. But, uh, um, you know, I'm looking forward to watching him uh, for a full 12 games. And that's what we didn't have even last year is he didn't know how many games he was even going to play. How much of a luxury is that to have a guy like Skylar Thompson been in the program, was off maybe some last year for some injuries, but now he's been able to get back with his team. What's that like for you? Well, it's a great security blanket, I think, for the whole team. Yeah, just the fact that he's the leader of the team. He's the guy that there's a lot of great leaders we have, but he's the main one that they all look to. Uh, but it's it's he's earned that too because of his play, because of how he conducts himself on and off the field, uh, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Coach, the first three weeks of the season last year, you lose to Arkansas State, you beat Oklahoma, then you lose your starting quarterback the next week. What were those three weeks like for your program? It was a, just same roller coaster the entire next 10 weeks where you never, never knew who was going to be at practice. You never knew who was going to play in the game. Uh, and we learned an awful lot as a staff, but uh, yeah, each individual event, I mean, shoot, there were so many events last year, it's hard to keep track of. My personal feelings don't make any difference, but, uh, you know, I think all people are better vaccinated than not vaccinated. Um, they may have their own reasons for not getting vaccinated. And I certainly respect that, but you're, you're better off being vaccinated than not being vaccinated. And we're going to do everything we can to encourage student athletes and coaches and people close to them to, to be vaccinated. Is yeah. there a stronger message now than there might have been a year ago when there was still a lot of unknowns? 
Well, you know, we didn't have we didn't have the question of vaccination that last year because we didn't know when we would get it, and, and it was about testing. And and you know that we have a little bit of an advantage in the athletic environment in that we, um, if you if you're not vaccinated, we have the prerogative to test, and and that that you know is a middle ground that that we'll certainly access. But uh, you know, it's you're better you're better off to be vaccinated than not vaccinated. So is, there talk a tracking number? is there a tracking number? Like, that's the big thing with the leagues is 75% vaccination, 80%. Are y'all doing that with teams? Uh, with what leagues? With pro, the pro, pro league. sports the pro leagues. Pro are saying you got to get to a certain percentage. Yeah, well, are y'all doing that? Are y'all I mean, there depends on which day you look in the paper as to what the percentage needs to be and who, who needs to be part of it. But I, the more people vaccinated, the better. I guess is the Big Twelve tracking, for example, the schools are tracking. We don't we don't track it centrally. Oh uh, no, but are you getting those reports? I guess are you aware of where? It, not are? not anything other than anecdotally. Okay, you know, so a, right now there's no level of X school gets to X percent vaccination. You no longer have to test. No, no. Any anybody that's not vaccinated is going to be tested. Are all ten schools looking at full capacity for football right now? I don't know that, Kirk. Okay. Um, it may, perhaps from a wishful thinking standpoint, right. I, I haven't heard anybody that said we're definitely going to be below capacity. Right. I, I think I think everybody's uh, hopeful that they'll get to full capacity and mm-hmm. anticipating getting to full capacity by start September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, Bob, I know you, Mr. Stewart, been working hard on this COVID thing, and you see what happened with North Carolina State baseball in Omaha. Uh, what were the conversations like in your office and among the ADs as well? Because well, that's the example. It, yeah, no, it was a wake-up call. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, uh, it's a, a really good example of how you can get off the rails in a heck of a hurry if you're not vigilant. And so it goes back to the self-discipline being the coin of the realm. Right? You know, you, you you're going to have to you're going to have to be self-disciplined, and you're going to have to uh, you know if you're not vaccinated, you're going to have to be testing and so that you know uh, as soon as you possibly can and you, and you can keep track of trend lines. Bobby, do you think we'll have the roster limits this year? Don't know yet. You know, we'll, we're going to have to see what the next 45 days bring. How about the no contest? Same thing? Just waiting? Uh, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, you know, there's another way to go. You can you can not have any limits and you can you know, just make it a forfeit. You can't, can't answer the bell. You uh, in, in the case of the former, you you know you, you got zeros on both sides of the ledger. In the case of the latter, you, you actually got a winner and a loser. And so you know we're not going to take that step capriciously. You mentioned the history of cable households in the past realignment expansion, and with that going away, are there things you're looking at? Obviously, there's different streaming options available, but is there a key one or two factors? that might be the driver in the next rounds? Well, I, you know, I, I think it doesn't matter what package you look at, whether you look at the huge package the NFL just did or some of the some of the smaller streaming only, they all have major streaming components to them. And we got involved with ESPN Plus uh, three years ago. Uh, we believed that it was the wave of the future. And I continue to believe that. And I think the decline in the in linear cable and, and the increase in, in um, streaming is, you know, 
is documented that. And so we feel we feel good about where we are right now. But, you know, ESPN and, and Disney leadership have made the, the comment that they're going to be entirely streaming based uh, in the not too distant future. I mean, that, that, is, that is an extraordinary comment. Uh, and for, uh, you know, uh, one of the, the biggest linear cable operations ever to make that migration, it's significant. Do you feel like you guys were ahead of the curve a little bit on yeah, the Yeah, I do. I, I feel good about it. It's, uh, you know, we're up to about 15 million households and um, they just raised the price on it. You know, it's a, I think I, everybody's still finding their way in the, in the, the digital environment. But yeah, I, I feel like we were ahead of the curve and uh, have learned a lot over the last two or three years. I mean, we, we, we had probably 600 events on ESPN Plus last year. What do you, um, what do you think the potential of the 12-team playoff expansion to help recruiting top and bottom of the conference, knowing that maybe, you know, a top two, even three finish could, could uh, propel a team into that situation? Uh, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know that I've thought about it very much. Um, you know, I, I think we compete pretty well top to bottom, um, and uh, uh, everybody recruits Texas, and we, we all do some of the same things. Some do it more successfully than others, but... Uh, you know, I, I think a chance to be close to the flame, however you do it, is a good thing. The better competition we have top to bottom, the, the better our league is, the better the rivalries are, the better the gate receipts are. You know, all of that is based on competition. And, and so the extent to which we can compete at a high level and, and compete for those slots. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't mean to put brackets around it. I think there could be a year when we get we get three teams in, but it's, uh, I think we'll have a really good chance to get uh, two in and, and it'll be a extraordinarily rare year where we don't get one. You guys in the process of kind of gathering feedback from your players and coaches on the, the 12 yeah, team model. Yeah. We, uh, uh, feedback from everybody, you know, it's, it's coaches, it's players, it's staff, it's ADs, it's presidents. How's that reception been? Um, it's, Incomplete at this point. We don't. We don't have feedback from everybody else. In the, the, perception, the perception used to be that the the Big Twelve needed Texas to be on top in order to thrive. And we see Oklahoma doing well and Iowa State doing well. Does it kind of show that this conference can exist without Texas being, you know, one of the top programs in the country? Well, Texas just won the Directors Cup, mm -hmm. so that's emblematic of the best program in the country. Uh, you know, they won. I think three or four national championships this year, and now they have a brand new football coach. So, you know, I, I think I think Steve Sarkeesian is an outstanding football coach, and uh, uh, but the you know the expectation in Texas is high. It, it, it always is, and you know when you ask the question about Oklahoma being uh, designated uh, in, in the preseason poll, uh, that doesn't sit well in Austin, and they're going to do everything they can to. Make sure that it's the long ones that get designated uh, as soon as possible. We were talking about we were talking about NIL navigation, and I wanted to specifically ask you about the feedback you've gotten from your compliance departments. Is, is that where the weight's really falling in terms of? Yeah, well, it scares them to death. Yeah, but you know, you have to. Uh, this this was one of the migrations I had to make. Excuse me, uh, when I was first got started on the committee uh, to to think about this. 
you just have to realize you got to let some things go. There are just some things that were impermissible previously that are now permissible. And you're just not going to, you know, there, there's transparency uh, expectations. Uh, who's the deal with? How much is it worth? Uh, how long does it last? Were you represented by an agent? all of those things we're going to try and do everything we can to make sure inducements aren't involved and, right. and that sort of thing either in transfer or initial enrollment those things are impermissible now and yet we know people circumvent the rules and so we're not deluded by the by thinking that we're not going to have right. violations but i think in the main people want to do the right thing institutions want to do the right thing Thanks, guys. But, it, but it's made it's made clients people crazy That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Callis Robnett for stopping by and talking Big 12 and Kansas State. Links to his stories and others from Big 12 Media Days can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. How do you get it? Go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That is KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe and if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers you just send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com and i will get you to the right place so whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we'll be back on thursday again from at&t stadium in arlington texas Big 12 Media Days. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode.